How are we there, guys? And welcome to another episode of the Smashing Crossbar podcast. Welcome, Benno. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Yourself? He's hoping Chat can hear me for my intro this week. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, give us a shout out. Make sure you guys can hear us all. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas Happy to everybody. Um, yeah, obviously first podcast back for the seat or for the for the new year, 2021. Hopefully it's better than 2020. Can only get better, surely. <laughs> um, so yeah, obviously just give us a sh- give us a shout in the chat if you guys are struggling to hear us or anything like that. We will be lucky enough to be joined to, on tonight's show by Michael Kane, uh, Nova Castrian. So another Nova Castrian on the show. Diehard Jets fan, obviously. If you don't know who Michael Kane is, he is um, a multi-platform media and entertainment uh, innovator, is what the word I was trying to look at. Sorry, guys. Um, he's been on pretty much everything from Channel Ten. Obviously, he's the he's the same man who done the Mark Viduka special. Who can't forget that An absolute cracking interview with Dukes all the way over there in Zagreb. Um, it was yeah a spectacular interview. Did you did you check catch that, Ben? Oh, I've seen part of it. I haven't seen. I haven't finished watching all of it yet. Wow, how un Australian of you! Um, mm. <laughs> it's 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 on the list of things to finish, like the Jets AMA, like the Jets AMA. Yeah, we'll get into oh, that. Sorry, all. the Jet Stream AMA from the other day. <laughs> so yeah, obviously, um, yeah, we're, we're lucky enough to be joined by Michael. Obviously, for, thanks to him for giving up a bit of his time today. Um, obviously, a company. St- an accomplished uh, journalist, broadcaster, television interviewer, uh, producer, writer, editor, columnist, and um, corporate host. The list goes on. I'm sure there's 500 other things that he's bloody done. So everything everything this podcast strives to be. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And obviously – What's our first response, Josh? Look, we're not journos, but <laughs> – Definitely not journos, trust me. You'll find out tonight why, um, I'm sure. If you guys want to go and check out everything else that he's done, of probably five, um, you know, one of about 20 pages on, obviously, Kaney's media page, uh, the website there. We'll drop that in the bio at the end. But welcome, mate. How are you, Michael? Hi, guys. Great to see you read our website. It was word for word there. It was just a little bit, thanks Thanks to your website, mate. It makes life very easy to um, find out exactly what the hell you do when you've written it there for us. That, that helps magnificently. <laughs> <laughs> um, how you been, mate? How's how's everything going? How was your new year? How was Chrissy? Yeah, really good. I mean, obviously quite like most people, um, would love to have got away but didn't get the chance. Um, but look, I think there's a lot more people around the world doing it tough than us. So, I mean, you know, spending it. Spending it in the hunter isn't a bad thing, is it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. not. What, where, where else would you rather I was, be? I, I was meant to spend it in the hunter. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> we were both meant to spend it in the, um, in the hunter, obviously, born and bred in Newcastle, obviously living in Melbourne these days. So, um, yeah, scorching hot. It's hot today, freezing cold probably tomorrow. So, yeah. But, um, but yeah, chat, obviously, whacking in the chat there. We're going to speak to him, obviously, in regards to obviously the Newcastle Jets. Um, Nova Castrian boy, so he loves the Jets. We'll talk to him about, obviously, the Viduka special and, obviously, everything in media in regards to the A-League and so forth. Um, we may as well start off, off, obviously, talking to you about, obviously, a little bit about yourself, mate. So, Nova Castrian born and bred, I believe. Yes, yeah. Look, um, yeah, look, I lived in, grew up in Adamstown, so I'm an Adamstown rosebud. Oh, man. Um, is there. Um, actually had uh, one year with Austral. Austral United, which I was playing in the 
the under sixteen side. I think Andy Andy Roberts, who we'll be having on, um, he was in the under eighteen team at the time. Um, <laughs> he enjoyed Bloody. my time at Austral, then went back to Adamstown, and I made it to reserve grade. I never made, I never played a first grade game uh, if, if, unless a, a Western preseason counts. So I played one game, <laughs> which was the top grade. Adamstown, but back then it was like 1989, uh, you know, 90, and that's when Adamstown were, they were like Edgeworth now. Yeah. You know, they were just unbeatable. Well, they used to win minor premierships, they just struggled winning grand finals, but um, <laughs> but it was a good group of um, players that just kept on pl- coming back and playing for the club because they love the club, pretty much the same what you, you're probably finding with Edgeworth at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, Adam Sound boy myself, mate. So, um, yeah, played plenty of seasons there with the Buds in the State League and everything else. So, um, yeah, good, good on you, good on you there. Good colours, <laughs> the red and the green. And um, yeah, you, you count every game, mate. So even whether, even if you got it for two minutes in the only game, you, you count that. that that's <laughs> exactly. exactly. You count what you can, I, mate. Oh, I would. Well, I, I actually, I played. I played one season for. There was a club called uh, Wickham Croatia, which I think Andy oh, might yeah. have played. I think, um, and at um, home ground was Passmore Oval, was hard as a rock, um, oh. which I suppose is a bit like an oval in the back back in the old days. Yep. Um, but yeah, looking, enjoyed my time. Um, look, I, I think I, look, I, I grew up watching Newcastle in all you know incarnations. You know, whether from KB United to you know when it went to Newcastle Rosebud United. Yep. Um, I think it went back to Newcastle United in the State League um, and. Obviously the breakers, um, but you know, I, I suppose growing up, I mean, uh, being an Adamstown boy, the when they were playing, at, you know, what they called Newcastle Rose, but I, I was, you know, fortunate enough to be a ball boy. Um, so I got the best seat in the house every second week, you know, in front of Ralph Mayer, you know, running down the sideline, mm. overlapping oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Jason Kowski and yep. just all all those players and and seeing some of the best teams in the country Sydney City remember the Sydney City yeah, Sydney side of the early 80s so they were you know Cosmina it was like it was practically the Socceroos squad you know minus yeah. about three yeah. or four um, and you got to see them close up and and it sort of you know in a, in a funny way it's sort of the way that, that all came about was when KB United folded and and Newcastle and Adamstown had to come in and and help them out yeah. and keep them in the in the NSL fold and and I suppose it wasn't for, you know, Adamstown could have just sort of said, no, don't worry about it. And it would have been lost for a few more years. And the sad thing about it is, you know, we've, we nearly came to that conclusion again where, you know, mm. you've got to, you know, we've got to get the bail, uh, the Newcastle Jets out, which thank, thankfully that's happened. Yeah. Happened yeah. A lot, yeah. We'll talk a little bit, obviously, about that um, as we as we go on, obviously. Um, yeah, obviously, it's if, – oh. It was dire straits there for a long time. Obviously, um, even even before this, obviously years ago, with your tinklers and stuff like that, it was there's always been dramas with obviously the Jets and unfortunately, um, you know, as a Jets fan from day one, it's it's been there's it, been some good times, but unfortunately, there's been plenty of bad and down like low times as well for the club, um, which is sad to see. But obviously, you became a journalist and so forth. But I, th- I believe it was a you were a late bloomer. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Look, I was a. I was a carpet layer for like 20 years and um, it was the, the natural progression from carpet laying was to be a journalist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so I somehow got there. I, 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 um, I started a, a, a radio show which was on 2NURFM, you know, on a Monday with Football Frenzy. I think even had Andy on mm. a few times. Um, and it was just a – I don't know. I don't know why I was doing it. It was almost like all my mates were saying, Kaney, you're – 
you're like 35 years old, you're having a midlife crisis, you think you're 16 again, starting a radio show, and and maybe I thought I did, but um, mm-hmm. it was a case of the, the amount of people that I had on the show, yeah. it was building connections, and those connections sort of got me to the next step, you know, when you have people from SBS and Fox Sports on every week, Simon yeah. Hill, um, Les Murray, all, all those people, it, it, it amounted to something just from this weird idea I had in my head and it just snowballed from there, you know. Um, from from that, I, you know, I picked up some work with SBS um, when, when I think Marianne Rudin was, um, was sick and I had to go down to a Newcastle Jets Asian Cup match and, and do the interviews after the game for SBS. Like I thought my, all my Christmases had come at once and <laughs> next thing you know, I'm doing some shifts on the World Game program when it used to be a magazine program. Yeah, yeah. Um, and next thing you know, I got tapped on the shoulder to you know go to South Africa for the the World Cup reporting. Yeah. I'm still laying, still laying carpet. Like that's crazy. You know? <laughs> better better camp than me. Yeah. Um, but what it, did, it gave me that body of work to to go on and and show to other places like NBN News and. And then, you know, later later on at um, Channel 10, um, 10 Eyewitness News. Yeah, obviously. Oh, you talk to Joshy, our good friends at NBN. Our good friends at NBN, yeah. <laughs> stealing, all, stealing all our interviews. Good on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you obviously, you, well, you were saying there, obviously, the 2010 World Cup, you got your chance to go over there. There's obviously, you know, other things as well that you were doing as well. I believe you're on the Commonwealth Games, you're in the, at the mm-hmm. Olympics as well. Um, obviously, great, you know. Highlights, highlights as a media journalist. Um, it, what, what were those like? Obviously, getting your chance to go over there and yeah, it's, it's great because like, the, the thing is too. I mean, it's 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 exciting, but at the same time too, when you've when you've never done it before, and when you're going there as a job, it's you're shitting yourself, you know, because um, when you when you're a fan, you know, you go over there and you have a great time, but yeah. when, you, when you're working, you, you're wanting to do a good job, so you you, you never get to relax. Um, yeah. Even time you, you, you're rehearsing lines or doing research and stuff like that because you're always you know, worried about how you know how you're going to look and how you're going to be on camera. Mm. Um, so in a way, it was a great experience, but it's almost like a blur, you know, because it just happens. It came and went, and you know, then next, you know, next project, you know. Um, yeah. But they're, they're great experiences, um, and you know, what I mean, it, never in my wildest dreams would I say I'd go to any of those things. And not even as a fan, you know. And here I was getting paid for it. I mean, God, <laughs> I'm a fraud. <laughs> and a, a, a little, a, a Nova Castrian, obviously laying carpet to bloody on the media central at the Olympics and South Africa and stuff like that. And you, yeah, honestly, it doesn't Whoa. get any better. What happened? I've just noticed something. I've been looking for this for ages. Michael, you wrote the article. Jets woes get flicked. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> The article is on FTBL and the image that came up, I got tagged in it years ago because it's me with my mouth wide open standing next to my partner screaming (laughs) my head off. (laughs) (laughs) And here I was thought he'd just dropped the bloody – we'd gone – off live or something like that. I thought he just made a mistake. <laughs> I thought I knew the, the, the article. I thought I remembered the title of the article. And and, I'm like, no, it can't be. And, and in the one of 500,000 bloody things he's done, he's got no idea he wrote it. <laughs> yeah. He'll claim it. All I remember is my Facebook blowing up one day. Everyone's like, oh, look, you made it in the news. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you want about? 
and it's a photo of me screaming wow. my head off at a Melbourne City <laughs> game. Yeah, that was a few well, years ago, that one. I mean, I also got to start with um, the, the Post newspaper, you know, when it was still going. It was owned by Con Constantine, and oh, uh, he actually gave me a, my, pretty much my first start as a writer, believe it yeah. or not. Um, and, you know, I love him or hate him. He loves, he loves football, and I used to have to oh, obviously yeah. – but he, I just have to have to write his ghost column because uh, well, his column, I was his ghost writer, um, because he, uh, he had trouble, you know, you know, getting words out after he, you know, about five contros, you know, from about <laughs> midday. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's funny, you know, so, someone gave me, um, I was talking to Remo Nogarotto the other day, and he told me the funniest mm. story on um, on Constantine was remember when um, there, you know, it was the time when Newcastle United, the Premier League side, were you know, were looking at maybe. Looking at doing a takeover of the Jets because mm. at the time um, uh, I think they were looking for a coach and and um, and Con says to Remo and I'll do I'll do the Con uh, the, the Con accent you know um, Remo we need a coach who's the best coach in the world and Remo said well at the moment it's Terry Venables well let's go and talk to Terry Venables <laughs> so now they got a meeting with Terry Venables in England. So Cod had never been on an aeroplane before. He came over from Cyprus by a boat. So he'd never been on an aeroplane. So he's mm. shitting So they get to the front of the airplane, obviously first class. You know, he's sitting next to Remo and the um, and he's nervous. He's, you know, he's shaking, you know. And uh, and Remo says, oh, it's going to be all right, Con. It's going to be all right. And um, so you know, the drinks trolley came down and the lady says, yeah, would you like a drink, sir? And Con goes, I have a scotch on the rocks. <laughs> and she's gone... Oh, yeah, no worries, you know. And uh, Remo goes, Con, it's 7 a.m., you know. He's, it doesn't matter. So anyway, <laughs> and he always he's, he goes to his back pocket. He's like he's about to pay for it. And Remo's going, mate, mate, you don't, we're in first class. You don't have to pay. And then and Con goes, are you telling me that it's free all the way from Sydney to Heathrow? <laughs> oh, No. <laughs> So he looks at the at the uh, the lady and he goes, "Lady, leave the trolley here." <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh, the great man, far out! What a, what what a bloke! What a bloke! You done oh. so much for so much for Newcastle. You did. What a bloke! Um, we talk we talk about obviously you know people obviously famous people and stuff like that. Um, who's probably. Oh, You've done you've done plenty of interviews, I'm sure, with plenty of celebrities and sports and stuff like that. For the older generation, I believe um, there was one there, an Ellie McPherson. Ellie McPherson. Uh, yeah. yeah oh. How'd that go? It's about Ellie McPherson Elle. in Montreal. Oh. Because oh. <laughs> I did a I did a um, when I was at Channel Ten, I some I went upstairs and somehow got a, a documentary series over the line called Passionate Players, which was like a um, was a series on billionaires and how they spent their money, and um, one of the bu- the billionaires was the Australian Entrepreneur of the Year, Christian Beck, who owns InfoTrack, which is the mm. usually in the Sydney to Hobart the yacht, yacht race. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when you win the Australian Entrepreneur of the Year, obviously you go to the Worlds, and that happens to be in Monaco. And so part of the deal was to go to Monaco and cover it. And when they told me that Elle McPherson was in Monaco because she was a guest speaker, I went, "Wow, I, I need to get this lady on camera because like." Australian, you know, what she thinks about this Australian that's going for it. Hey, you know, you know, hey, and, why not? and it was like, it was like a, one of those clubs where she just swanned in with her entourage and she was getting selfies with everyone. And I just, <laughs> went, 
we had the camera going and we and I just went over to her and I'm like, Elle, I'm, you know, I had to really give it a quick pitch and a quick sell. You know, I'm here from doing a documentary from Newcastle, Australia. Um, oh, didn't your old man used to run the, the Sharks, you know, Gowie, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm a big Sharks fan too. Oh, are you? Yeah, bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then and I said, look, I, I just want a couple of answers from you. I only take two minutes. And she went, oh, okay, you know, so I've grabbed her hand and we're walking through. Can you believe it? I'm gra- I've grabbed Elma first hand. <laughs> so I was still standing. And um, and we quickly done it. And it was just one of those spur of the moment things. It was almost like that's when the news journalist kicked in where I had to get it at, yeah. at, at every cost. Yeah. Um, but, but I tell you, the, the, the one um, interview that really stands out, I, I remember when I was with NBN, they um, – they said, you've got to get down to the uh, the Lambton Park Hotel. And I said, what was that? And they said, um, oh, the choir boys are out the back having a jam session. And I'm like, oh, that's in the beer garden. And I went, oh, this would be cool. You know, good pictures, you know. Yeah. I, like, I like the choir boys. And went through the back and I couldn't believe it. I nearly fell over. He was David Hasselhoff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I swear to God, David Hasselhoff was at Hotel. Because Lazotte's, which is just down the road, yeah. he invited by Lazotte to get, to come up for the afternoon to have a few drinks with him. Happens to be the you know the choir boys just in the corner. Wow. Next thing you know, he's he's having a jam session with the choir boys at the Lambton Park Hotel. David Hassel, <laughs> in English or German. <laughs> when he's drunk, I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> was, was this was this before or after the cheeseburger incident? <laughs> <laughs> It was before. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally just about to go. You've, you've gone from highs to you know, Elmer first, and then you've gone lows to Dave will have life. It's just the memorable ones. I don't know. Like, there's, there's a lot of people you interview, and there's, I don't know, there's, there's people that you don't expect to impress you, and there's the people yeah. that you really expect to, to be great, and they're, they're not that great. Yeah. Um, Steve Wall. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah, but you know, like I mean, it's it's a case of like, you know, when when you meet them, it's it's just almost like they go into that actor's mode. You know, when you start yeah. to do them, it's almost like you're in autopilot. You like, you can't relax. Mm. You know, so. Now, I suppose what I've just done, I'm I'm getting very dark here. Do you want me to turn a light on? Yeah, yeah, up to you, mate. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Go nuts. Right out. Give me a sec. Go nuts. Um, just talk between yourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll go through the chat. Did you get a photo, Jolts? I'll have to post it in the Yeah, I'll post it in there. Thanks, Lock- <laughs> Thanks, Lockie, for the birthday messages. I'll get the question um, yes. to Michael as well. Um, Dylan Smith as well. Thanks for the birthday, love. Obviously, be sure to go. Well, well oh, Michael's just moving, so- moving set. Well, um, shout out to Lockie as well and Gabriel Mark Tomatris. Be sure to go check out our major sponsor down there at Jesmond. Um, for all your eye care needs as well. Specs in the chat. There it is. Um, there we go. A bit of light. There it is. Look at that. Oh, the pool looks good, mate. How, how long did that take you? You, you said you were sorting oh, that out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, yesterday it was just, um, you know, I've got travertine tiles and they had to be sealed. And yesterday was the perfect day. It was like yeah, not too hot. dry, warm, and I just had to get it done. And I got really sunburnt, but, you know. <laughs> oh. Absolutely. Lockie's just put in the chat, um, what's your favourite sporting moment in Australia or one of the most memorable? Um, oh, jeez. I, I think um, – I know it's – I know you, you talk about the Aloisi um, penalty. I mean, it's, it's sort of everyone says that. Um, but I think, I think when 
when they were in, not, not so much one game, but I think when they were in Germany, you know, it, it sort of broke that drought of, of World yeah. Cup final. You know, it was just a great time to, to be a football supporter in this country. Um, you know, whatever, whatever those three group games and, and obviously the Croatia game um, and where it could have happened if, you know, had we've got the, the rub of the green against Italy. But, um, you know, that's, I suppose, you know, one of those things in folklore. And these are talking points, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we have VAR now, which is supposed to be so clear, clean cut, but, yeah. you know, a referee's decision really, you know, is a referee's decision. Just like, you know, I mean, you, you think of, you try to think of a sport that hasn't got technology these days. You're really struggling yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Golfed, um, yeah. you know, I mean, everything else has got it, you know. So um, I don't know, mate, maybe it might have been a different decision had we had technology, you know, back then. Yeah, well, that's, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, obviously, you were talking. You were talking about obviously. I think a little bit before the three-part documentary. Um, if, if anyone hasn't seen it, um, what was it called? The passionate, passionate players. Is that right? Certainly is. Yeah. Yeah, passionate players. Yeah. Be sure to go check that out. Um, but yeah, obviously Newcastle boy. I think Lucas has put in here. Uh, how's hope, hope Maitland's treating you well? Um, that's from Lucas in the chat. There you go. <laughs> um, what was? Did you ever find the panther? Now I was I was, I was scooting through some. Oh, yes. I was scooting through some stuff on 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 um, the internet, obviously over the last week, having a look and seeing what you'd been up to and interviews and stuff like that. Grant Denya, um, <laughs> at his home in Bathurst when you were with Channel Ten, hunting <laughs> hunting for the panther, the famous panther. The is is panther. it out there? Yeah, look, I, as you, I love zany stories. You know what I mean? I like something different that people are going to remember. And yeah. guess what? You got to remember it. Yeah. Um, it, it. You know, you don't want to do boring stuff. And, um, yeah, look, he, he did something on Instagram. I think he had a video of this hole in his backyard and it looked like a looked like a, like a panther's den, you know? Yeah. And he believed he saw it. And, I mean, and so I gave his wife a call who's the his manager Jesse mm. uh, and um, I said I'd love to do a story on this. She said, "Well, we've actually got vision of it, you know, on an iPhone, but it's from a distance." And I'm like, oh, "Here we go. It's probably a dog." Yeah. Um, but I don't know. From a distance, I mean, it's on. It's, it was on. You know, we put it on the television, and um, it actually looked like a. You know, you know, dogs don't prowl. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was. It had a strut. You know, and I don't know. It, and what? What? Some of those. Those holes down the back of his. Um, his property, I don't know. I mean, maybe I have to ask the general. I think he probably have a few Panthers up at CMY too, I reckon, if you ask him. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, I'm actually trying to do, like, I, um, I'm writing some books at the moment um, and sort of one of them has been put on hold till next year probably now, which is on Grant Denya, his life story. And, oh, you wow. know, he's in, in the jungle with Channel 10 at the moment. Yeah. yeah. But his wife's, you know, she's, She's heavily pregnant, so you know they just haven't got that much time at the moment. But yeah. um, um, very but, interesting yeah. bloke. He's a very interesting bloke. That's enough, and and I think that's you know I think he's he's been a very guarded bloke in in regards to that. And that's why when you get people that don't really usually talk and, or do interviews like that, that's when you got some gold because you know yeah. you're gonna you know you know you're gonna get some yeah. You know, if you you don't really have to dig deep to go. Nah. Get what you want, you know. And that's the thing. A lot of people, obviously, you know, even even just watching people who are watching, obviously, him now in the jungle, you know, like, um, you know, may not have known, you know, that he was a V eight V eight supercar driver and stuff like that. He was on the grid. Yeah. He was on the grid when Peter Brock tragically passed away. Like, you know, he broke yeah. down. He broke down on TV the other day for it. Like, 
amazing. Yeah, and amazing survivor, especially in television too, because um, television these days it's God, it's it's sinking like quicksand, you know, and um, you know it it's not as it's not as good as, as being in television as what people think, especially now. Yeah. It used to be there was the good old days, yeah, uh, but the good old days are uh, uh, way gone now. Um, yeah, and it, and that's and that's why I got out. To be honest, I, it was my decision to leave Channel Ten. Um, there was redundancies there, and I, I could have, you know, I, I didn't get asked, and I went upstairs and I said, I want one. And they said, What are you talking about? We don't want you to leave. And I said, Well, I'd rather save someone else, you know, on the floor because yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm done. You know, I'm, I've done everything I, I can I can do here, mm. um, and it just got to be frustrating in the end. I think you know because my eighty percent of the time I was doing NRL stories, and I just got sick of it. It was just you, you're yeah. chasing you're chasing grubs, you're chasing you know scandal, and it's just every you know. And, and this is what we talk about football is that you know we always you know the the rugby league people they always talk about football as in you know, hooligan slayers and stuff like that. There's more drama in rugby league than than the A League. When was the last time there was an A League scandal? I'm not saying that there's never been one, yeah. but like the, the NRL get off on it. It's almost like they have one every week. And yeah. probably, probably not since the the mass wave of bannings from years ago and mm. those reports that came out would have been probably the last time we, as the A League, had had a scandal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but apparently you do that once, and we're all hooligans. Like well, don't well, paint us all with the same brush. Yeah, I mean, I, I was with Simon Hill today, um, and 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 Harry Michaels, believe it or not. And um, I was talking about a, a, this, this is very same subject, and I said I was doing a, a live cross for Channel Ten just before a grand final outside the Sydney Football Stadium, and um, it was like about fifteen seconds before I went live, and all of a sudden, in my ear, I get the producer saying, "Oh, you, you've got to mention that there's been a flare being thrown outside the ground," and I'm like. Right. Well, was the flare thrown in anger? Was it thrown as a celebration? What, what, what was it thrown? It's all, it's all about context. Exactly. And they said, "No, well, you just got to mention it." I said, "Well, tell me what context it is." And yeah. and they said, "No, you just got to mention it." And I'm here in the ear. Five, four, three, two, one. You're on. I didn't mention it, and I got my ass ripped out by the producer when, at the end of the day, uh, end of the night, because I didn't mention it. And I said, "Well, I'm not. You know, it, it's almost like the only time Channel Ten would want to do a football story." Was mm. when there was a flare thrown, you know, yeah. and that's that mainstream television, you know, that yep. that we that that has that, you know, it's a it's that rugby league mentality, you know. It's a, you know, the amount of times I, I went into Channel Ten and said, "Hey, I've got some great A League stories," and they just went, "Nah, no, no, no. in NRL," and yeah, you, you're fighting a losing battle. Well, let's yeah. see. Obviously, you talk of it. Obviously, you know, yeah. You know, good things like that. Obviously, Lucas has brought up a good one. Um, the Football Writers Festival. Obviously, you were there. Um, I believe it was was it Simon Hill or Foster? Uh, I was interviewing. Well, Simon Hill was there, but Simon I was interviewing. Hill. Yeah, Foster. yeah, yeah. So, what what was that like? Obviously, um, how, how was that? Obviously, I'm sure there was plenty of interesting people there. Well, well, with Fozzie, I mean, I, I had a brief from. Benita uh, Mercedes, who was running it, and she yeah. said, you know, Fozzie's coming, and everyone's going to be talking about the state of the game, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But with Fozzie, we really want to talk about him, his humanitarian yeah. stuff yeah. now. He's moved from being in the mainstream media to doing what he's doing. He's doing a great job. Mm. And I thought, wow, I can do that because I, I feel, you mm. know, it, it, it's important, especially in this day and age where a journalist probably has to do something different these days to survive. And it's funny, within the first 
two minutes, I may as well have just thrown my questions in the air because yeah. all I do was talk about the state of the game in Australia and I just let him go, you know, just like he used to see Yes, you know, like a, like a wound-up clock, you know, like an yeah. energy bunny, just I, I didn't even have to. And he's a man that loves to talk. And it was and it was probably the highlight of the whole festival, you know, because it was almost like we yeah, he's been gagged. Well, not gagged. He yeah. just hasn't been, you know, part of the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, even today, look, we, you know, we went to Harry Michaels, you know, Simon and I, who we, Simon and I have been doing a few collaborations lately, and um, – and we went to Harry Michaels. He's got some money. He's got still got a production company, you know, trying to pitch a, a football show to him um, mm. because there's a lack of football shows. There's, yep. um, yeah. The show was going to be, I was, you know, I was going to produce it and do some um, some stories within it, but it was going to be um, Fozzie and Simon Hill called The Outcasts. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Because no, nobody, I mean, you, you, you look at it in the Premier League, you know, people, when when Roy wow. Keane, when Graham Souness, when Gary yeah. Neville sit on the on the on the on a chair and just yeah. pour their heart out, yeah, it's compelling. Yep. Yeah. Who's that here? Yeah, exactly. Because nobody wants to do it because you know it's almost like it's so sanitised. You know, yeah, it is. the clubs don't want that, mm-hmm. um, and it's. It's sad, you know. You just, you need that. And and what, one thing that came up today was that you know we're also sitting with a, which I can't mention who he was, but he's going to be an FFA board member pretty soon. Um, yeah. And he was sort of like draining us for information. And we're sort of saying, well, the big thing here is is that we've got people like Simon Hill, um, uh, Daniel Garb, Smithies, mm. Davudovic, mm. all these great journalists. What's what have they got in common? They're not working. Yeah, exactly. Why? You know, it's it's a sad state of affairs. We need to get these people working again. You know, Correct. more more publicity for the game. You know, yep. I mean, Simon and, and Smithies and Davudovic have been doing a little bit for the FFA website, um, but that's not what they want to do. They don't want to do powder puff stories. You know, like it's yeah. like PR people. Um, they want to do good stories, and there is great stories out there. Sadly, who's doing them? Yeah, and yeah. who's and, and where do you see them anyway? You know, Fox Sports. They they've run the they've run the game into the ground. Um, they they've run their product down to bring it down to a bargain basement cost, so they can redo it again. Mm. Um, I've also heard today that they're going for the Premier League rights again. This is the reason why they're hanging on to the A League. They wow. want to hang all of a sudden an about face. Yeah, right. Because Maybe. yeah, the Premier League mm. and the A League it goes together. You know, I don't know believe Optus, um, no. but it makes sense now that it's like, what are the, you know, they, they, they didn't want, they didn't want the game all of a sudden now they're sort of saying, oh no, we actually do want it now. And sadly now the clubs will probably vote to, to, to keep Fox Sports. Yeah. Um, and it's, there's an, there's, there's an agenda there. I mean, why is Simon Hill, the best commentator in the country, not working for them? You know, yeah. it's, it's you know, Daniel Garb, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, Adam Peacock commentating. Nothing against him, but he's not a commentator. He's a great host. He's not a commentator. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'd agree. Obviously, I've seen Simon around. Agree. He must, must must be living in Newcastle or something. Is he? He's been around the Jets games. He's, he was commentating a bit at the game. And yeah. Well, we look. Simon and I were. Um, <clears throat> we Laurie McKenna called us a few weeks ago, and he wanted us to come in and and just do a bit of media work for them, a bit of promotion. Which we said, yeah. Um, there was only a little bit of money left to do that. Um, we were happy to do it, you know, a, a couple of days a week each. 
Yeah. Uh, what happened there was that we, we, we went in there, we sat down. Um, the first thing I noticed was there's not many people in there. And so this is it. Um, and then we got told that, you know, COVID-19 saved the Jets. Yeah. Job keeper saved yeah. the Jets. If yep. it wasn't for COVID-19, it would have wound up long ago. Correct. Yeah. Know? And then we realised how the seriousness of where the club was. And yeah. uh, we realised there was, you know, the media manager was a, an intern who did three days a week. By the end of the day, Simon and I, we went outside and Simon said, Kaney, we got we got to sit Laurie down. And I said, exactly. So we can't take his money, you know. So mm. we went back in there and we said, Laurie, with this money you're going to give us, we forego it. Go out there and get a media manager for five days a week. Mm. Use yep. that widely because that's the minimum requirement for an A-League club. Yeah. They have a media manager that's on call. You know, we can't, you know, Simon and I can't do that. You know, we're, we're here to, you know, to put the icing on the cake. You know, we're going to do stuff like Facebook Live at training and interviews and really do a lot more promotion, which we still can do. Mm. But bring us back when, it's, when the, the ship's steady because, again, yeah. you know, it, you just need a, you know, a little bit of stability there mm. um, before any of that happens. And we were about to get unveiled the next day um, mm. to the oh, media wow. and we pulled the pin because, again, it wouldn't have been fair to the club and it would, certainly wouldn't have been fair to Laurie either. Yeah, well, uh, I can't tell you the amount of times I put my hand up to Laurie and said, "Hey, look, yeah. if you need if you need any media work, like like the graphics and stuff that they put online and stuff," I said, "If you need something done in a honey hurry, don't hesitate to ring me." Oh, seriously, like, yeah. I'll do it. You're from Melbourne and send it up to you. I don't care. Yeah. Like, I mean, look, it, it, it's it's and the thing is, too, look, I worked at um, I worked under the Con- Constantine regime as well, and. Um, yeah. When I was also writing, you know, for the newspaper, I also, you know, did a little bit of work upstairs as well. And and you see how hard it is for these A-League clubs. And hopefully now that there is this, um, you know, the, the separation, yep. um, it, before with the FFA, you know, look, things like, you know, selling corporate boxes, you know, um, or selling sponsorship, you know, mm. the, the FFA had this, you know, mandate saying, well, you know, we're, we're, we're sponsored by Hyundai, you can't go to a car company. So it's like, okay, so we can't go to Holden, we can't go to Toyota, we can't, right, okay. Mm. Uh, we're also sponsored by um, Qantas, so you can't go to an airline. Uh, we're also sponsored by um, Solo, so drink company, you can't go to milk, <laughs> you can't go to orange juice. It narrows that field. Yeah. And when you think about it, I mean, who, who are you getting a sponsor from? From the Actually, that that's, that just shows and puts a lot into perspective as to why we're missing some major key sponsors, not just us, the Jets, but in in the A League in general over the past fifteen odd years. Well, you, you think of it like I mean, you, we talk about there is big big firms in Newcastle, multi you know, multinational firms in Newcastle. Yep. You go there and you say, right, we want want you to sponsor the Jets. They're not the people that's going to make those decision call those calls. Sydney, so. Yeah. You know, again, you're talking to the wrong people. You have to go to the people in Sydney who have already probably allocated money to AFL or Rugby Union or other A-League clubs. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? yeah. Um, because we've got some multinational, you know, firms in Newcastle doesn't mean that you can just walk in and 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 away you go. Um, you yeah. Know, it, it's, it, it's tough. And, and, again, you know, like, I mean, even selling corporate boxes, you know, um, it's it's a tough sell, you know. Yep. At the moment, you know, the, the way the A-League is, um, and I know this for a fact, I mean, I know 
a lot of people at SBS. Um, SBS got a consultancy firm in to tell SBS what they should be showing. Mm. So it's a case of, you know, these people, you know, these hot shots from a consultancy firm coming in going, hey, you know, A-League, no one's watching it. It's it's not hot at the moment. Basketball, Ben Simmons, NBA, that's hot. Next thing you know, you know, SBS has got the NBL, you know, and they're visibly, and you can see it, they're not doing as much with football as what they used to. Yes, they got the World Cup. World Cup, how long are they going to hang in for? I've been told they're actually bringing the sport down even further. You know, there's some journalists that work for SBS News, yep. sports journalists, that are now doing news stories. Yep. The only oh. stories that today, you, tonight, you probably would have seen the, the test match cricket because it's a big sports yeah. story. Yeah. Hmm. But the rest of them are out doing news stories, you know, they're, you know, and they're concentrating now on the Tour de France coverage and stuff like that when it comes to big broadcasting. So it's yeah. a worry. You know, and, and you now with the women's World Cup rights, this is where you know that's a that's a real carrot. You know, that the FFA mm-hmm. they should be using that. You know, 100%. to to get some, some networks that want to want to play ball. Yeah. Um. Sadly, they want the World Cups, but so you know, and, but they don't want the A League. You know. Yeah. Like, this is where you got wrong in these situations and say, if you want this, you kind of have to go to show the A League. Yeah, exactly. This is the biggest thing with Channel Ten. I found as well. Obviously, they've lost so much, so much sport. You know, obviously they're struggling to hold on to the V eight supercars at the moment, um, mm. if at all. And obviously they've lost so much as well. Obviously, I think they had the big bash at one point. Um, well, that, that doesn't help with the the V eight supercars when you've got a guy called Warburton who is you know on the board for the supercars, but also works for Channel Seven. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, he he and he used to work for Channel Ten, so he knows Channel Ten's plays. Yeah, mm. you know, Channel Ten were never in a position to keep that that V eight supercars because of the the inside running mm. of a man that's on the board for the V eight and also works for Channel Seven. Yeah. I mean, circling back again, you mentioned that you know Channel Ten saying you know no no to the A League and whatever you know they, they weren't interested. Yet, sure as shit, a couple of years down the track, one. One of their sister channels broadcasting the A League. Yeah, you know, what, what, like, what what was the, what was the deal there like? Well, well I mean that that a few well, it's a couple of seasons ago now was it when yeah. we had the um, the Saturday night game that was that was purely due to the Fox arrangement where they, they had to have a free to air channel. Fox paid Channel Ten two million dollars a year to show those games. It was mm. like a paid advertisement. So I went upstairs and I said, why don't we actually promote these games because people would – and put it on the main channel because people yeah. would actually watch it. And yeah. they said, well, we're getting paid $2 million. This is This is what they said. We're getting paid $2 million. Why should we have to promote it? Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's like an ad. It's like paying for an ad. That's what yeah. it was. And it was Fox, Fox Sports um, commentators as well, if I'm, if I'm pretty yeah, sure. Exactly well. right. Yeah, exactly right. It was all syndicated. Yeah. Jesus. At least when, it, when SBS did it, I think they had their own commentators. They had their own commentators, yeah. absolutely. Um, I think, but, you know, again, they had oh, this focused on having the Wallabies and obviously the, the supercars, Big Bash. You know, they got a lot. Of, they had a lot of things going on, um, but they probably didn't realise they're going to be in a position that they're in now where, they, you know, they're – honestly, I, I nearly fell over laughing when I, just before I left. I, I heard that they were actually going for the shoot shield. Oh, wow. Rugby. The club <laughs> – Sydney yeah, rugby mission. Jesus Christ. Well, I've, yeah. I've got one one question, obviously, media-wise, before we jump into the Viduka. Um, 
topic. Um, it is for, purely for me. I don't know about other people and stuff like that, but I remember back in the day when I was younger, and I used to love listening to the A-League and stuff like that, or even the NSL on the radio. Yeah. You know, I used to listen to the radio commentators and just mute the TV most of the time just because I found a lot of that radio. What's, do you, what, what do you reckon's obviously I know it's a dead – I know it's oh, – I don't even know how you'd word that. It's it's a very dead industry as far as I'm concerned, obviously, in radio sport. Obviously, they do it on the AFL um, down here in Melbourne and stuff like that, which is great. Mm. I listen to the radio. I lead, mm. I'd listen to you know, the freaking Friday night freaking footy on the radio and turn the shit off onto Channel 7. What do you, do, yeah. you, do, you, do you feel that we should be doing something there? Um, but well, well, again, it really – it comes down to, you know, you can't just thoughts D or, you know, anyone can't just walk up to the stadium and just plug a cord in. You, it's it's all done through the, broadcast, the broadcasters' deals. Yeah. Um, you know, ABC, we're, we're doing it. I think they're still – are they still doing it? Uh, I, I Seriously, I don't know. It's so hard to find. Yeah, it's so hard to find. It's them. so hard to find. You, you might get the one odd. Like I remember listening, obviously, Newcastle. We talk about Newcastle, you know. Phil Dando used to be on, I think it was ABC. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he would do it as he would do it. Um, you know, it was, it was I don't know. I just, I just find the commentary is good. That's that's the thing too. Is that you know it's great that ABC were doing it, but I also know that the, the, the guys like Aaron Carney and Phil Dando that were doing it, yeah. I don't think they'll get paid to do that. Like it was almost like the labour of love that they wanted to do, mm. it. and that's different. You know what I mean? It's you've yeah. got to have people that want to that want to do it because I don't think ABC were into it. It was just a case of you know setting it up. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't think it was, I don't think it was much. I've you know met met Phil plenty of times, been a Liverpool supporter and stuff like that. And um, it's, yeah, I think you're about right. I think they probably didn't pay for the travel if they went over or they they had to travel, but that was pretty yeah. much it. Yeah, you know they got bins um, yeah. to sort of do it. So again, I don't know. It's just something in my opinion that I don't mind. You know what I mean? Like I suppose it brings it back to obviously yeah you, know, you were talking about Adam Peacock and stuff like that. We've been lucky enough to have Peacock on. He's a great bloke, um, you know, oh, really yeah. knows his stuff and you know stuff like. That. But as you said, he's I don't know, he's not a commentator. Um, I've been mean, sh- looking. Out, it's a tough being a commentator. Yeah. I mean, I've sat next to Simon when he when he commentates, and you know, like his preparation for one game is ridiculous. You know, it's yeah. almost like, and it's down to a T. You know, like when the first throw in comes. Target number three for Perth Glory. It's his birthday this week. You know, yeah. like the the camera flicks straight onto it. Wouldn't happen these days because they've got, they've got six cameras and only three cameramen operating them. Yeah, oh. it was like right? Ben. Ben, we had Garby on. When we had Garby on. Remember the photos he was sending us? Like, like some of the old stuff. Oh, cool. some of his show notes. Yeah, it was like. He said there was this one photo. I can't remember who it was that was sitting next to him. I think it was Bozza or something sitting next to him. He's got like a freaking – Bozza's got like a notepad. And like, mm, yeah. And then Carby's got this whole freaking desk and it's got yeah. shit everywhere. He's, yeah, he's got stuff everywhere. I'm just like, holy shit. He goes, but it's all about being prepared. It's the little things. As he said, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, oh, it's old mate's freaking, you know, 100th game or it's, for, you know, he played for this junior club or whatever it is. That, you know, most people yeah. probably don't give a shit, but – Oh, he did, did he? Christ. You know, he's yeah. gone to the effort and the time to find out who the hell he played for as a junior or, you know, yeah, who was, his, who was his long life, yeah, coach or whatever, yeah. And, I mean, I know there's been a bit of debate, in the, especially social media in regards to, you know, Brenton Speed and, you know, mm. Steve, the, the Fox Sports boss having a go. It was, that, was, that tweet was directed at Simon Hill. There's no yeah. – Yeah. Um, 
and it's it's unfair on Brenton as well because he's a he's one of the best commentators yeah. when it comes to any sport. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very multi. He's very multifaceted. Well, I remember when I was told once that he 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 did a rugby league game for, yeah, uh, at Brookvale and was about to go home, and it was around the time when the French Open was getting played, and he got a phone call saying, our commentator's sick, you're going to have to come in and, and do the French Open. Mm. And he, wow. Brookvale to Fox Sports had to do it, obviously, over the, you know, yeah. the, the, through the television. Mm. But then all night doing, you know, the French Open with no prep work, mm. you know. So to do, you know, rugby league to tennis, again, different types of commentary, you know, yeah. and it's not to do that, he's, he's probably one of the best AFL commentators as well. If you've ever yeah. listened to yep. AFL, yep, hundred percent. So I mean, that, that's why, and that's why Fox Sports love him because he is so multifaceted. You know, he's got strings to his bow. Where they're probably saying, "Oh, Simon, all he wants to do is football." You know, mm. well, you know, to me, it's always important to have someone that, that knows what they're doing, and Simon's one of them. Yeah, hundred percent. Who was it, Ben? <laughs> when you said bluntly to Peacock, I think it was. Um, about Tara Russian, where you virtually said, yeah. how, how, how isn't she getting, if, if you know, again, if she doesn't want to do it, fair enough, but we're like, yeah. surely she has to have a chance. Like, she knows the game inside and out. She's, I was about to say, she knows, she knows the game, she knows the teams, she knows the players inside out. Why not give her a crack? Yeah. I, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, that's down to her, but yeah. I'd be up for it. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you just don't know. I mean, look, you don't know what's in their contracts, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, she doesn't want to do that. Maybe she just wants to be yeah. The, yeah. on the couch, being the host, and and good on her, you know. But um, I, I think also too, I mean, with the whole live streaming these days, I mean, you know, there's so many up and coming commentators as well that can do an adequate job. Yeah. Um, and it's almost a case of well, if you can do an adequate job, well, you may as well just do the job. Yeah. You know. Um, and that, that, it's the same thing about it. Um, is it nearly good enough? Is good enough? Yeah. Um, yeah. Driving, you should have a, a better, um, a better standard than that. Um, and like I say again, yeah, and, and and they'd probably do it for bargain basement costs, you know, compared to what Simon Hill would ask. But you know, like you're not going to, you know, cut your wages when you that's 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 your bread and butter, you know. Mm, um, yeah. You know, and that's what's happened. You know, it's it's a case of yeah, we can get people in to do the job, and we save money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's all about the the, the 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 state of the game at the moment. The way that it is, it's all it all comes down to that very last dollar. Yeah, absolutely. It's very dollar dependent at the moment. Anyway, we're going to get into the we're going to get into the Viduka scenario because I've been in, I've been wanting to obviously you know find out a little bit how he's travelling and you know what he was like off air as much as what he was like on air um, because obviously you know let's be honest, Viduka one of the best strikers Australia's ever produced. Um, you know. Gun from a very young age. Obviously, we've had um, Branko Kalina and obviously ex coaches and that on the show who obviously just rave about him. And you know, from watching him, watching him as a young bloke, obviously on the opposition as a coach and stuff like that. You know, he was brilliant. He freaking, you know, he was streaks ahead of everyone else. Um, how did it all come about? How did it all start? Um, look, I was doing a documentary, or I was trying to put together a documentary called um, When Soccer Died, which was um, a very morbid <laughs> title. Uh, it was sort of, you know, and I copped a bit of flack for that title as well, and I'm sort of going, well, we are sort of not doing too well. Um, and it was, pro- it was meant to be a real shock value where people go, wow, yeah. my title, watch this, I did all these in 
worked with so many people. Um, Lucy Zelich, um, Craig Foster, um, God, Luke Wilkshire, you know, lots yeah. of ex brews, um, you know, lots of people in the media, Ray Gat, just mm. people. And um, and the one thing that sort of as the interview went on it was almost like we're talking about the old days, how great it was in the old days. Yeah. And then we spoke about the current day. It was almost like this sadness fell across the interview. And it was like, what? No. And the funny thing about it was that at, at one point, um, you know, for some reason the name Mark Viduka kept on coming up because at the time we said, well, we haven't even got a, a, a striker, really, an out-and-out striker. We have to rely on Tim Cahill to score goals. Yep. You know, where was it? where's our out-and-out? Where's a Mark Viduka's type of type <laughs> person? And while we're at it, where the bloody hell is Mark Viduka? <laughs> and um, so – when I was speaking to Ron Smith, who was also on the, um, who was the former AIS Institute of Sport coach, yeah. um, still talks to Mark a fair bit. <clears throat> and so he's talking to me, and I said, Wow, I said, everyone's talking about Mark Viduka. Yeah, do you still speak to him? He said, Yeah, yeah, all the time. And I said, Well, would he love to be on this documentary? And he, and he went, Well, I can only ask him. So he called him, and next thing you know, he, I get a call back from Ron saying, You know, look, he's agreed begrudgingly, but you better give him a call. So it was all these late, um, you know, phone calls to, to Zagreb. Um, and I think the thing that got it was the fact that he, all of a sudden he said, hang on, you're going to come here to do it, are you? And I went, yeah, this is before COVID. Um, yeah. It, and I said, yeah, of course, you know, you, you'll get the best interview being face-to-face because I get to know you. Um, mm. I know. And um, he went, wow, if you're going to come all the way over here to do that, then I'm going to do it. So, yeah. Wow. So then I had to try, you know, try and find the funds to get over there, yeah. um, and and I did, and that was a whirlwind trip. You know, that was like, you know, I was over there for for two days. Um, sorry, three days. Uh, I did an interview, interview with Josip Simonic on the Thursday. Yeah. Practically just got off the plane and did, went straight into an interview with with him, <laughs> um, and then the rest of the day just sort of filming around Zagreb. Um, then I. The next day I had like a day off and I'm thinking, well, what could I do? I could go sightseeing or I could get to try and meet Mark Viduka the day before the interview. And that was the – that's the big thing. If you can – I went up there to this this cafe and he said, yeah, sure, come up. I'm, I'm working but I'll, I'll get some time off And because um, his wife sort of runs the show. Yeah. Um, and um, – and when I got up, got up there, like I, I met him, and he was great. And I met two of his three boys, um, who you know, who are all musicians. Oh, wow! <laughs> okay, but they actually like music better. Um, they, I, I expected to be at that cafe for only about an hour, and I was there for like six hours. Jeez! And we talked about everything, everything, and it was almost like. At the end of it, I said, Mark, some of this stuff that you said, that usually, you know, when people talk off camera, that's like, you know, that, you know, just between you and me type of stuff. And I said, some of this stuff is like massive, nearly yeah. all of it. I said, are you, you going to say this tomorrow on camera? And he went, if you want me to say it on camera? And I'm like, I would love you to say it on camera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he said, sure. And he delivered. You delivered, yeah. and it's all, he's just brutally honest. Well, the good thing about it too is that because I already knew the answers, it was like it was like a a, a kid in school that saw the 
the test results. That saw the answers before the test came out. Yeah. Mm. So I knew what he was going to say. So it meant it, it allowed me to go deeper into those answers mm. because I could have just asked the question, gave me the answer, go to the next one. So no, I'm going to start digging a little bit deeper in, and to the point where you don't want to piss him off. You yeah. Know, so you dig a little deep, you dig deep a little bit further, and then when you know when you, he's had enough, you pull out into the next question. Yeah. And uh, and a little, you know, and then start digging again, and that's what got the best interview. Correct. But I, I think six hours before was so valuable, and it, you know, look at it, it's COVID now. Like you know, you can't get, even do it a face to face interview. It's all via Skype and Zoom yeah. and yeah. all this. People don't get you, you. You don't get the best interview face to face because it just doesn't feel. Yep. Yeah. Feel real, and um, so I think if if that was one thing that to learn for young journalists is that if you can get the person face to face and spend time with them, even when I was at MBN, I used to say to the work experience people, you know, just try and speak to these people you're about to interview for twenty minutes before the interview, because you'll get so much more out of them when the interview yeah. actually because they're yeah. all. Nervous and you know you, you to make them feel comfortable, feel welcome. Correct. Exactly. And then if you and you say, "Listen, we're not live." You know, if it was live, then you'd be shitting yourself. We're not mm-hmm. live. There's nothing to be worried about. Yeah. And mm. also, you, you see that block of concrete roll yeah. off their shoulder, and they go, "Ah!" Oh, and you get the best interview out of them. And that was pretty much the same with Mark Viduka. But in saying too, he he had an axe to grind. It was almost like he he wanted to say. That he had I was bottom. just about to say, he said, like, yeah. listening to the interview, it was like, oh, it was like a relief. Some of the stuff that he could you finally probably let out, and you know, the frustration and stuff as well, obviously, um, from the international camps and stuff like that that he was stating about, and um, you know, even, even his retirement of why he sort of finished up with the Socceroos as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look, it, it, and the funny thing about it is that he, I, I found it, you know, also the just the little stories away from those big breaking ones, those big, you know, um, big answers that, that made news all around the place. Um, just it's almost like he wanted to talk about the things away from the, the game, like yeah. the times he had at Leeds. And the, he wouldn't believe how much he loves Leeds United. And, and that's the one thing I have a – not a regret because he actually – he got a bit shitty after it um, <clears throat> because – he, I think he, he realised he said too much about Leeds United because in the interview where he mentions he nearly joined Manchester United, mm. Leeds United had no idea and he yeah. had this great relationship with Leeds even to this day and he felt like, man, I just let the cat out of the, out of the bag that I yeah. nearly betrayed them all those years ago. Mm. He didn't. He stayed loyal but just he didn't sit comfortably with him. And, yeah. um and so, and I don't think he actually thought that that interview was going to be as big as what it ended up. Mm. So little things like that, where he sort of went, "Oh no," because you've got to remember, like he, when he left, when he was at Leeds, he could have went to AC Milan, he could have went yep. to Manchester, yep. yeah, Middlesbrough, because he wanted to live in Leeds because he loves Leeds that much, and it's still a bit of a drive, but he, that's why he went to Middlesbrough and not, Correct. you know, continent because of the fact that he he, he loved that area, he loved people still does to this day um and so yeah he he actually he wasn't too happy with me i, I you know I, you know cooled it over but you know i, I know <laughs> at the time i think he was sort of more more peeved with himself back yeah. that he let the back you know? yeah 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 you got a little bit too relaxed and obviously letting some shit out and <laughs> oh, let, yeah. let, let even that, 
even the day before, like, like little things, like, little things off camera that obviously didn't make it. Where you know we're sitting there, and um, you know he's he's got. You know, I'm looking across the the cafe, and I said, "Is that um that lady over there? Who's is that?" Um, he said, "Yeah, that's the Croatian president." <laughs> wow! In your <laughs> cafe, you know? Yeah, right. You know, he's we get all people. He goes, "You wouldn't believe." Two days ago, Henry Larson walked in. Yeah, you know, he's he's backpacking through Europe. Oh wow! <laughs> and and that's the thing too. He said, "You know," he goes, "I loved Henry." And I said, well, "Yeah, you know, he was Swedish and you know Croatian." Hmm. He said, no, no, his mother was Croatian. Celtic um, legend. So that's where, you know, he goes, we, we bonded at Celtic because of that little connection. I, I didn't know that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Things like that and on, on how well. these friends were formed. And there was another fellow that walked in and he said, see that guy there? I said, yeah. He said, he trains Goran Ivanisevic. He owns the gym. And when Goran comes back, he's a, a tennis coach now for Jokovic. Yeah. He trains Goran. I went, oh, wow. So he came over and met him and – Next thing you know, another guy came in and he was half Aussie, half Croatian, and he said, wow, another Aussie. And I said, what brings you here? And this guy said, well, you know, the tennis system in Australia is so crap, you know, junior tennis, yeah. that I've brought my daughter over to Croatia to get properly coached in Croatia. Oh, That's yeah. football here, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and so so Duke said, well, see that guy over there? He's He, co- he, he coaches Goran Ivanisevic. He trains him in the gym. But Goran, apart from coaching Djokovic, um, also has a junior academy here in Croatia. Why don't we try and see something up, you know? Because no. at the time, you know, he, he wasn't happy with his daughter's coach in Croatia. Mm, yeah. So next time, they all started talking. And next thing you know, we're FaceTiming Goran Ivanisevic mm. in this little chat, you know? <laughs> wow. That's how easy it is in Croatia to, yeah. to get the. And I actually said to Mark, I said, you know, like politicians in your cafe, you could probably be in parliament if you wanted to. He goes, you know he's, what? he's a matchmaker. I probably could, you know. Far out. It's interesting, though, because obviously you go from that interview to obviously then not him not long after that on the um, Optus Sports, obviously with then the likes of, you know, Skoko and stuff like that, little interview thing that they'd done a couple of weeks or over a couple yeah. of weeks or whatever it was. And, um, yeah. You know, then then him talking about obviously you know, the, the boys playing over there and the difference in obviously you know what it's like to play football over there compared to here, the money yep. side of things. You know, it costs thousands yep. of dollars here, and the guy and the kids are lucky to play fifteen games a year yep. over there. Well, it's, you know. Prime example. Prime example. I mean, Paul Ocon, he's got three boys, and one of them yeah, they all they all play, but there's one that's really good, and I forget his name, but you know. Paul's now living in 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 Belgium mm. because to give that kid the best possible chance to make it. Correct. He's got to go. Correct. Yeah. Builds kids in Switzerland, just like you know it. You know, Mark Robinson's sons at Manchester City. Yeah. Because they believe in this system. This system isn't here. You know, they need mm. to go over to get that. Even with coaching, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mark oh, wholeheartedly agree. The system's not here in place. Absolutely, the coaching system. I mean, you know, the, some of the coaches that have the, their tickets here still have to go for their a lot more, you know, seminars and, and tickets over overseas. Like Kevin, Kevin Musket, prime example. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mark's got his tickets. He could actually manage tomorrow if he wanted. And not that he wants to be dead, but yeah. he goes the um, what he said. The English FA, I think, paid for his tickets. Yeah. You know, got it done, and he could be a manager tomorrow if he wants. But again. He loves his family and, you know, it's a big commitment. He says it's just like with 
being a player. He said you feel like a, a prisoner going from a, a prison to prison, you know, when yeah, it comes yeah. to a club. And when you think of it, when a professional footballer is, is you know, you know, even when he went to Celtic, you know, it, it's almost like the people at that club are the only people that he really knows. Mm, he doesn't yeah. And it's like, yeah, that, that's his family. And then he's off to another family and then another family and another family. Yep. And that's the same with managers, so being a manager over there, you know, because managers, you know, you have – So cutthroat. I've lost in a row and you're at the door. So yep. – and you've got, and you've got to remember, those managers have families as well. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. You know, obviously he likes you – know, all these – every former Australian, you know, Tim Cahill now reckons supposedly looks like he might be in his, getting his first managerial stint. You know, his son's just signed – over there as well in England, um, yeah, it is what it is. Those sort of interviews, obviously, you know, the Mark Viduka one you've done, and a few. If, if everyone in the chat hasn't seen the Mark Viduka interview, go check it out because it's a great interview, um, as well as the Opt Sports one with, um, I think it was Schwartz was there, and you know, Vinnie yeah. Grella, obviously over there. I think he's in Italy or something. Oh, that was like the one with about the six of them, wasn't it? It was yeah, it was like six of them or whatever it was, but it was, yeah, it was really good. It was really good yeah. to get an insight of actually how poor it is over here compared to. Europe, you know. I'm actually talking with Vince about a, a book as well because, as most people, so some people know that he's a, a player agent in Italy now. Correct. Italy, yeah. That smokes about 200 cigarettes a day and drinks about yep. 20 <laughs> coffee an hour. Um, <laughs> I think he's struggling on over 35 paddock at the moment. Yeah, but, yeah, he's looking a bit rough there the last time I looked at him. <laughs> but so that's, probably, that's probably going to be me in 10 years, Josh. It's not 10 years, you keep feeding yourself together. <laughs> 200 cigarettes a day and a million coffees. Uh, that's I'm about... F- over 45 side in Maitland. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just go do what my old man's doing. He's just started walking soccer. Yeah, was it walking soccer? Yeah. <laughs> Doing walking soccer. No stress. And I'm like, my old man's, what, 60, 67? Yeah, get into it. And he's playing walking soccer and he's had, two what, two heart attacks and he's a pack-a-day smoker? <laughs> well, I played over... <laughs> Yeah, it was walking soccer back then for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, honestly, um, we're going we're gonna to slowly wrap it up. Obviously, we've been, we can sit here for hours. This is the main reason why we're not frigging journos because we just sit here and chat and chat. We walk along. <laughs> chat and chat and chat. But um, we might look at getting on and, um, at some point shortly and talk. Get probably Ben and I are obviously looking at probably getting a few, obviously, Novocastrians on, maybe you know, Andy Roberts and stuff like that, and really, really dissecting the Newcastle, Newcastle Jets. <laughs> With everything that's now going on, um, you know, new new owners, obviously the core. Um, yeah. What we thought Even was Craig Johnson's living up at the top of Newcastle. You know, he's always good for a chat. You know, mate, you tuned up, mate. Off, I'm, I'm there. I'd send him a message. He he wasn't having. A, he's he's enjoying his time up in Newcastle, obviously, because he didn't reply. Yeah. So, <laughs> he's, but again, you know, it's a matter of you know who who's going to actually listen to to him. You know. Um, and that's the sad thing about it because so, things are so ingrained at the moment that new ideas sort of get chucked out the window as it's, it's, it's too risky. Well, what have we got to lose sometimes? Well, 100%. I had, well, again, the luxury of um, chatting to him for about five minutes when he popped into um, the Cafe Cafe there, the top of town where obviously the Liverpool supporters get um, in and obviously watch the games and stuff like that. he come in with um, Phil Dando. And, you know, that's, you know, just the same thing. That's it. He's just, he's just got so much to give. He, he wants to do so much for the game and, you know, yeah, that's the thing. No one listens. Absolutely. I mean, just just, staying with, just, just before we go, you know, in yeah. regards to the, the, the relegation promotion and stuff like that, I mean, I've, had, I've heard talk that the, the FFA want to go ahead with having a second tier. Correct. And as you know, clubs voted against that 
it doesn't stop the FFA from actually making their own second tier, which would put pressure on the A-League clubs to play ball. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting, you know. Obviously, um, I think well, Ben and I have spoken to it on many occasions on the podcast and everything, and, you know, I, it needs to happen. I feel it needs to happen to put pressure on the A-League clubs. Um, yeah. But how it goes about it and how long it's going to take, um, I believe they'd have to set it up, they'd have to work it out, there'd have to be a couple of years at least where there is no yeah. relegation um, and stuff like but, that just to... Will you imagine if they, if they did that, Brought some of those journalists that are sitting on their bum doing nothing, oh, covered yeah. the cover the second division, and it would make the A League look silly. They wouldn't want that either, you know. No, 100%. Um, that's I, for the game to survive. You got you got to look at what's play to your strengths, and the FFA Cup is a strength. People love that because it's grassroots. It's you know it's club football again. Why not play, you know what? Why not you know add to that instead yeah. of you know worried about fixing the weaknesses? It's play to the strengths. Being on a football field. Oh, we're, we're, we're big fans of the FFA Cup games, especially going down to watch the Mariners lose against Green Gully. <laughs> that was a classic. Then, then having their manager sat the next day. <laughs> and then yeah, while, while standing there with the, with, in arms with all these Green Gully supporters because we're standing there in nothing but jet skier. Magic of the Cup. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Adam Peacock picking us out. Yes. <laughs> Two Jets blokes freaking got yeah. lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, we left indoor early, like I think it was yeah. like half an hour early that day or something because it was like five minutes down the road from where we play indoor. <laughs> Good times. Good times. But honestly, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure to sit down and have a bit of a chat with you in regards to obviously you, you know, what, what you've done obviously um, in, in the media sector and um, obviously a little bit touching on the Jets, but obviously Mark Paducah, honestly, it's, as I said, guys in the chat, if you have not seen it, go and check it out. It is amazing. Um, who knows? It might have opened the door for him to come out a little bit more. You know, I'm sure he's got plenty of more stories and plenty of more things in his locker that he may not have opened up about. Um, I could only well, he, One thing that was cut out that he did say that he wanted to come back and coach in the A-League. Now there you go. And Never know. Oh, can you imagine the Kuehl versus Viduka Derby? <laughs> Kuehl could you imagine? Yeah, but, but again, you know, it's, it's a matter of a lifestyle shift for him, you know, and again, he's happy in Croatia. Yeah. And to be honest too, he loves Again, one, another club he loves is Melbourne, Croatia. You know, I think he'd love to come back and coach them. I was yeah, going to say, South Melbourne get a frigging get the get the get the rights. He's he's on the plane, I reckon. Absolutely, <laughs> something like that. He'd be all over that. I suppose when his dad, when his kids get a bit older and fend for themselves and stuff like that, I'm sure he'll probably yeah. yeah mate, I can just imagine him managing um, Melbourne Knights while standing in the Mark Duke stand. <laughs> Melbourne Knights. <laughs> Mate, they're, they're woeful, South Melbourne, South Melbourne over the nights. Anyway, we're going to leave it there. We do thank, um, thank you, mate, for jumping on, having a bit of a chat. Um, it's obviously pitch black now. <laughs> it's a beautiful sunlight before. <laughs> I thought I was, you know, of the opera there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time into the night. Um, <laughs> as I said, guys, be sure to go um, check out the Mark Viduka interview. Go check out um, the website as well that I found a bit of his bio. <laughs> as well Kaney's Kaney's Media I believe it was um, go check that out and other than that guys as well be sure to check us out on Facebook YouTube uh, we're on Spotify now uh, Google Audio Audio Google or some shit like that Ben does that sound about right uh, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts Anchor, and, and Spotify Google is still yet to con- get back to us after about six and a half months uh, this is Wayne, Wayne from Craig Johnson slack. interview 
Just waiting for the Craig Johnson interview. They'll call us back straight after that, guaranteed. They're slack. <laughs> um, so go check it out there. Go subscribe on the YouTube side. I think we're about two off hitting 200 subscribers. So thanks to everyone who watches this every week. Other than that, um, mate, good luck with everything you do. Obviously, whatever whatever's next. Hopefully, um, yeah, see you at a few Jets games. Yes. It's been an absolute pleasure, guys, and, and keep up the good work because this is what we need. Yeah, absolutely, mate. No, we thank you for your time.